May we start? I want to get your opinion on something. To the bigger picture. Now it's time. From B Media Production, this is Podcasting Essentials. Hi, and welcome to episode 21 of season three. I'm Nick Schuldberger, Managing Director of B Media Production. In this episode, we discuss getting your podcast into a top list or a featured spot in a podcast app. It's excellent for discoverability, and for some, it's the ultimate recognition. But for a lot of people, it's also a mystery. How do the lists get curated? Who curates them? And how can you get your podcast into one of these coveted spots? To explore this with me in our 50th episode... Is our producer, Nicole Goodman. Hey, Nick. Woohoo! For reaching 50 episodes. It's been really good being on the journey with you this season. Oh, it's been great having you here. But unfortunately, the journey for season three comes to an end with this episode. We'll be back in 2020 with new episodes packed full of podcasting advice for brands. Now, speaking of which, let's get back to those featured lists in podcast apps. Yeah, look, it's a little bit of the dark arts going on behind the scenes of podcast apps, but we're talking to Darian Mooker. She's the content curator for Pocket Casts, the podcast app actually founded in Adelaide, Australia, by Russell Ivanovich. Friend of the show. Indeed. And co-founder Philip Simpson. And she tells us what really goes into putting those lists together. But before we get to that, and while we're on the topic of podcast curation and the top lists... Why don't you tell me what you've been listening to lately, Nicole? Because as we know, word of mouth is so important for discoverability. So let's do our little bit for the cause now. Yes, let's. Look, I'm a daily news junkie. So I'm always listening to The Daily, Today Explained, Post Reports. I also follow US politics. So I'm listening to Pod Save America, Article 2. I've listened also recently to Broken. Jeffrey Epstein, which is a three uncanny four production. It's on my list, but I haven't got to that one yet. Fantastic. Good. Really I'll do that. Excellent. Yeah. And then also because I adore Wondery, I've also been listening to the mysterious Mr. Epstein as an adjunct to the previous podcast, and it really is brilliant as well. And I'm also listening to some fiction like Carrier and the Edge of Sleep, which are really different and fabulous. What about you, Nick? Well, I just did a road trip recently, so I listened to the entire series of Bad Batch from Wondery. Yes, so good. All about the scary world of stem cells. Mm. It was quite interesting. I'm halfway through, yes. Good, yeah. Mm. Keep going, it's good. Mm. I've always got Business Wars on rotation. I think I've mentioned that before. Yeah, Uh, Just finished the Mars versus Hershey War, so that was a really interesting one. I love the stories of these businesses that have been around for more than 100 years. They're so good. Yeah, Business Wars is great. And before that, a couple from Australia worth mentioning. Mm. Uh, Who the Hell is Hamish was a great listen. Outstanding. And from the ABC, the most recent season of Unravel called Snowball. Yeah, was, it was addictive. Yeah. Couldn't stop listening. Really good. And it was featured by Apple for quite a while too, which is a good segue into our chat today. That's right, Nick, it is. So let's get into our chat with Darian. She took a very non-traditional path to her current role as content curator, which she'll talk a bit more about in the interview. Content curator is a job that even five or ten years ago just wouldn't have been conceivable. But she listens to podcasts for many, many, many hours. And along with a very small team, they self-curate the feature lists. 
NPR purchased Pocket Cast back in 2018, and it's probably no coincidence that some of the lists are a bit more on the niche side, which is really interesting. But all the universally popular podcasts are listed too. It makes discovering new podcasts really interesting, but let's find out more from Darian herself. Darian, welcome to Podcasting Essentials. Thank you so much for taking the time. Hi, yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Darren, it's your job to listen to podcasts day in and day out. And for a lot of podcast fanatics like us, that sounds like a dream. Can you tell us a little bit about your role and what an average day looks like? Sure. Yeah, it definitely is a dream. Basically, I listen to um, podcasts for features and for our lists. And I work with all the producers to find out what they're making either now or in the future and try to plan for great content that comes out. I listen to about 30 hours of podcasting a week. So it can get to be a lot. But luckily, I still uh, save my mornings for the podcasts I personally like and try to only listen to things I'm looking at for curation at work. Yeah, it's pretty much just listening to podcasts all day and deciding if they're good. So for people who may not know much about Pocket Casts, can you tell us briefly about the brand, what Pocket Casts is and how it differs from other podcast apps? Yeah, so Pocket Casts is specifically a podcast that's built for people that just are really in love with podcasts. There's a lot of features to make listening very specific to you. And we're owned by NPR, WNYC, and WBEZ and This American Life. And I think that really informs how we treat podcasts. So we're great at like discovery for new things that you're looking for and specifically good for listening quality. Like There's a lot of features that we have that you can make your listening experience better than a normal podcasting app. Some of those features are like adding podcasts that you like to your up next queue automatically, being able to set your settings like archiving and skipping and things like that to your personal use and even like down to the podcast level. So I think it's it's made for people that are super users and people that are just very, they like their things to work for them. That's pretty much the reason that this podcasting app is so good. I've been using Pocket Cast for a couple of years now, and uh, we actually interviewed Russell, one of the co-founders, um, on this podcast uh, a couple of years ago. And I'm wondering, uh, Darian, now, obviously, with it being owned by NPR, can you tell us what kind of usership Pocket Cast has? Users really over-index in uh, technology and journalism podcasts. So I work a lot in curation generally. So the idea I have of users is a lot based on what they like to listen to. So generally where our users love stories, things that are really narrative driven and things that are techie. So the story part, pretty much think of it as any podcast that's well reported. We had a podcast that did really well on our platform as the feature that was about wildlife and specifically how you interact with wildlife, which really surprised me because we do over-index in tech and journalism, but I didn't think that specific podcast was necessarily what people would go for. I thought it was a great podcast, which is why I featured it, but it's very different to what we usually put up there. But it turned out that you know, our users just really like a well-told story and something that's coming from a, a narrative lens. Generally, our users are listening to like 10 to 14 hours a week. So it's people that really, really, really like podcasts. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned there that you play a role in, in which podcasts get featured in Pocket Cast. You also have a number of other lists that, that change quite regularly. Could you talk us through what some of those lists are, how often they change, and also how you actually go through the curation process? Yes. 
now we have two lists in the discovery section and one of those lists changes every week. So it can be anything under a theme. So the theme can either be about the topic that all the podcasts center around or the type of publishing. So we've had things like First Time Caller was a list we did recently about shows that interact with their listeners on the podcast themselves, take listener questions or a game show type like that. Or we also had a list that was 10 under 10, 10 podcasts under 10 minutes. So it's kind of like really open to interpretation for the theme. But whenever we pick a theme, I do some research on what podcasts would fit into that. I tend to change the theme as I go on to fit what's out there already. So if it's like a podcast that uh, or a list that we're doing that is a 10 under 10 type thing, maybe I would change it to 20 under 20 to get the best and most podcasts into that list. Turned out 10 under 10 was a great list. Mm -hmm. So I open the list for submission every month in a newsletter we have for producers to see what they are working on that I don't already know about, or maybe they thought of a podcast on their own network's that I haven't seen yet. So that's always great because I get to the content from the people that know it the best. And then I do my own research in a lot of different ways because podcasts are really hard to find. <laughs> so I have I have a few tricks up my sleeve to find stuff. I really like listen notes because their search is really great. I just kind of keep a pulse of everything that's out there. And then I listen to maybe uh, like 30 to 40 podcasts, depending on the list, sometimes more to see which ones are great and are also fitting the theme. So some great podcasts are just outliers in a list and I'll keep them on the back burner for something else. But I generally listen to one or two episodes and then I kind of decide if it'll be on the list. I might reach out to a producer if it's a podcast that hasn't produced an episode in a while to make sure that it has a content plan in the future. Generally, I'm listening to things for quality and whether or not it fits on the list and if it just seems like a great podcast. In our last episode, we talked about the importance around the marketing of a podcast and getting to people like you ahead of launch. So you mentioned a newsletter that you send out that talks about the lists that you're going to have coming up. Is that a newsletter that any producer can subscribe to? Yeah, I'm trying to figure out a good way to get more producers on it. So I'd be happy to have people reach out to um, curation at pocketcast.com to get added to it. The newsletter is for any producer that wants to be a part of it. It's not selective in any way where I'm trying to do my best to tell people what's coming up and kind of give them an idea of how we think about curation and how they can be a part of it. I think it's really important that producers are informing what we put into discovery because they know their content the best. And what I found is even if we partner on a list, every once in a while, we'll partner with a network or podcast creator on a list of like, for example, we partnered with Unwell, a fiction podcast on an eerie fiction list back in July. And we ended up finding a really great podcast that I wouldn't have known about in the fiction space that are focusing on LGBTQ voices being heard in these fiction places that hadn't necessarily focused on that before. So I thought that was a really great list. And I wouldn't be able to do that without the producer who helped us on that. So I think the newsletter is a really good way to reach out to people. So people can definitely sign up for that. I don't have a good place right now for where the sign up lives. But if you email us, then I will definitely add you to it. And you're happy to listen to episodes before they've been released or launched? Yeah, it's like my favorite part of the job. <laughs> um, I feel like I'm in a, a special club. But yeah, I, I listen to embargoed episodes all the time to figure out if we're going to feature something. And it also helps in the scheduling because I usually schedule the features about a month, possibly a little bit more in advance. So 
if something's coming out that's new and the producer reaches out to me, like maybe a week or two after it's been published, then they kind of have to wait a little bit to fit into the schedule. So if they get an embargoed episode, uh, it's a lot easier to fit it into a schedule when it's good for producers and great for consumers because they get to hear a podcast they like and start it from the beginning when everyone is um, jumping on it. Yeah, that's great advice. Thank you. Yeah, and actually it's different in the sense that you can find some really niche podcasts. I mean, you're going quite micro in in some of the listings that you have. So we could find some really interesting stuff on those lists. Amazing. Yeah, that's one of my favorite parts of creating lists is you can find some podcasts that you wouldn't think of. We did a um, list a couple months ago now that was called uh, True Crime and Lime. And it was all podcasts that were hosts that tell true crime stories and are drinking during the podcast. It came out of me and my coworker, Sarah, were just really shocked that there were so many podcasts like this. And we were like, you know, we should make a list. And it ended up actually being a great list that we put into Discovery. So you can definitely find some niche podcasts in our Discovery section. I love it. love it. So I know you said you're looking for quality when you're listening to some of these podcasts, but are there any other elements that you do listen for that are most likely to get a podcast featured in the app? Yeah, I think podcasts with really passionate hosts or creators, you can tell if a podcast is made out of genuine interest or because someone wanted to start a podcast. You can tell when people have passion for what they're doing. For example, the Happiness Lab that Dr. Lori Santos started, she originally did it, the Happiness Lab is a class. Um, I don't think it was that name, but it was a class at Yale on understanding the science behind happiness. And she ended up creating a podcast for it. You can tell that like her creating that is out of a genuine want to teach people how to be happier in their own life. And it's just like those kind of podcasts that you can tell that people are engrossed in the topic and their telling of that topic or their story behind whatever they're doing is a little different because of it. They have a deeper understanding of something and it shows in the way they construct the podcast. It doesn't feel like something you've heard before. It feels like someone using the medium really well. So tell us... How much of an impact does a feature placement have on a podcast? Do you have any performance data or insights that demonstrate the impact? Yeah. So I actually, for the newsletter we create, I recently tried to figure out how we could tell producers exactly what kind of impact featuring will have, because it's kind of hard. Audiences are different. So we don't give out our general numbers. So in order to tell producers how much of an impact it'll have on their show, we need to give a percentage. And that percentage as just an average is just so skewed because an audience can be at the beginning of a podcast so small. And then once we feature it, if it also has, if it's also trending or it's just new in general, so it's getting new listeners, that audience can just creep up very fast, which is great, but it's not really true to what the impact will be. So if we just did an average and told everyone that it looked great on that part, but it wouldn't be the truth. It would be more of a skewed version. What we ended up putting in the newsletter was the median. So it's closest to what our average audience size is before feature. And then it also seemed to represent the true number of what you can expect in a range of what a feature growth would be. So it's about 300% increase in growth of listeners. It's definitely a big impact. And I'd say the biggest Mm -hmm. impact is people see it and then it starts to trend. So you have a long tail life of Mm. being in the carousel of our feature podcast. So not being the first podcast 
when you open the discover page, but being a swipe away, being mm. able to look in that carousel. And then also in trending, if you get a lot of traction and you stay in there for a while, a lot of people see your podcast. So can have a really good effect on how many people get to see your podcast from our audience. Yeah, it's definitely well well worth reaching out to you to uh, try and get a podcast into that featured space based on those numbers. How long do they generally stay in that featured carousel? Three days. Every podcast stays up there about three days. Every once in a while, something will stay up a little longer because I'm still searching for a great podcast. <laughs> but 99% of the time, it's three days. And Darren, within that featured list, how do you decide what goes first? So what's revealed as soon as you open the app versus what's kind of three or four swipes away? So once the featured podcast hits three days, it goes to the second position in the carousel. So it's oh. always what was previously featured. Got it. I try to do my best to make sure that there's uh, different kinds of podcasts in there. So different topics, different hosts, different creators, which makes it very interesting to try to break out our schedule. Do you ever let podcast listings or, or featured carousels from other podcast apps guide your decision making? That's an interesting question. Actually, when I first started here in February, there wasn't a lot of infrastructure around how podcasts get chosen and why we're doing things the way we are. So really tried to figure out, all right, how long should podcasts be up there? How are we picking these podcasts? Things like that. And I made a conscious decision not to look at other apps for that reason, I didn't want to see what other people are featuring because I wanted it to be something that I could confidently say was something we saw ourselves or it was submitted to us that we thought was great and we weren't like following the trend of um, other apps. So I think some things sway me. Like if I see something blowing up on Twitter or I see something climbing in our own trending or I'm part of a couple of Slack groups that I have trusted people who I like trust their opinion on what's good, all about those things, maybe decide whether or not I listen to a podcast or listen to it next. But I never, I try never to look at other apps. Every once in a while, I'll see something, but it really doesn't affect what we feature. So on the flip side, a podcast that may be featured somewhere else could still be featured in Pocket Casts. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm sure there's a lot of overlap because there are really great quality networks that I'm sure reach out to multiple apps and they should. And because I don't look at other trending or featured lists, I'm sure those get featured in our app as well. But I think it's great because I'm confident of our features. I'm confident of our lists. And if they're featured someone else, that's good for them too. Because the more eyeballs on your podcast, the better you guys, the better the producers do. So happy to have things featured in both apps if they're great. Yeah, I think that's terrific. It's a very fair way of doing it too. I mean, the good content will rise to the top, which is great. We're all about discoverability in this podcasting world, and we know that word of mouth and also finding out about podcasts through podcasts is a great way to be discovered. So, uh, Darren, could you tell me what your favorite podcasts are right now, or what you're listening to? Yeah, I get this question all the time, and it's so hard for me because I'm subscribed to like 150 podcasts. I'm actually currently trying to clean up my queue myself. So there's a couple podcasts I listen to every morning. I always listen to The Daily Note first because um, I'm big into news. I really like the new Daily Science podcast from NPR. It's called Shortwave. It's a fun way to get news that's not depressing. <laughs> <laughs> um, they do a lot of good science-related stories. And then I've been listening to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, which is Paula Poundstone's podcast that's just like hysterical. They have a new musical guest every time to do like the background and accompanying music. So every time it starts, 
I always forget that it's her podcast because it's like not the same theme song every time. <laughs> so I'm always surprised. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, great. Because it's always just in my queue. Yeah. I'm trying to think of some other ones that I've listened to. It's so hard when I have a million on my uh, subscriptions and then I also listen to different ones for work. But yeah, the only other one I can think of is going to be on a list that we have coming up for storytelling podcasts. And it's the Nocturnist. It's a podcast about live storytelling from people in medicine. And it's really interesting because they pick apart the traditions of medicine and kind of like how everything works with first person storytelling. So I'm really excited we get to put it on a list. Mm, I look forward to that one. Thank you. Yeah. Darian, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure letting us into your world, into your day. Thank you for joining us on Podcasting Essentials. Yeah, thanks so much. And thanks for being so open about the process at Pocket Cast. It really does help producers here in Australia. So thank you. Yeah, of course. I'm happy to help producers do better work. So any feedback that producers have, I always want to hear. So glad that we can be transparent. Thanks so much for uh, having me on. That was Darian Mooker, content curator at Pocket Casts. Such great information and what a job. Nick, can you please pay me to listen to podcasts all day? I'm actually surprised that we found someone that <laughs> listens to more podcasts than you in a week. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Now, Pocket Cast is a great app, as I've said before, but really the takeaway here for brands and podcast producers is that as part of your marketing activities, you really should be reaching out to all the major podcast apps prior to launching your show so they consider you for a list or for featuring. And of course, we pitch our client shows directly as well. Yeah, we do. And for those that think Pocket Cast might um, have a smaller audience, uh, because it was actually founded here in Australia, they probably skew more heavily to Australian audiences as well. So that's another reason to, you know, don't leave them on the bottom of the list. It's well worth reaching out and Absolutely. it's all for discoverability. So you may as well try as many places as possible. Mm. And as we heard, with a 300% or an average of a 300% yeah. increase in listenership while being featured in Pocket Cast, that's a great bump to your audience numbers. You'd be crazy not to have a crack. And as we heard, so long as you have passionate hosts and are producing really good quality content, you're in with a good chance of ending up on a list or even being featured. Yeah, that's right. It's not just for the big, big shows. Darren mentioned that they do a lot of very niche lists. So mm. if you've got a podcast and it's good quality... Have a crack. Have a crack. Well, that's it for this episode of Podcasting Essentials. Thanks, Nicole, for being here in our 50th episode. Yes, my absolute pleasure, Nick. And in the spirit of this episode, why don't you try out a new podcast, maybe a genre that you haven't tried before? And if you're unsure of how to approach the idea of a podcast or want to know more about how we can help you create and promote a podcast for your business, you can go to be.com.au. From all of us at B Media Production, thanks so much for listening. <laughs>